0: I wanna welcome you uh, to church this morning. Uh, everyone in Mesa and Awatuki, if you're watching online, hey, if you're watching online, make sure you comment, let us know that you're watching, and if you're not sick or out of town, we want you back here, amen? Come on, it's good to be with God's people. Well, hey, we're gonna jump into our message as we continue this series called Live Like a King. I was just remembering as I watched that video, one of the first dates I went on with my wife was to watch that movie. It went well for me. It worked out well. All right, so what we see here, where we're picking up in 2 Samuel chapter 6, is that David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of Jerusalem. He is bringing God's presence back to where God's people dwell. And here's where we're gonna pick up in verse 14. It says, And David danced, maybe you see where I'm going with this. Before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of a ram's horn. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Mikael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent. David had prepared for it, and David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Mm. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to, be, uh, to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But the servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So Mikhail, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. Today, I want to talk to you about how to dance like a king. How to dance like, you know that you have been made royalty through Jesus. You are kings and queens in the family of God. And I think in this amazing example where King David is worshiping God, he's dancing before the Lord, we learn some really valuable lessons that apply to our lives. And we need to learn to dance like kings and queens, to worship God with everything that we have. Maybe you say, I can't dance, I don't want to look ridiculous. That's how it feels at pretty much every wedding that I go to. I don't ever want to dance. I want to be the guy that, that sits around awkwardly watching the people who dance. But then ever since I got married to my wife, I find myself dancing a little bit more often. She likes, to, she likes to pull me out into the dance floor. And she's only got one move. She's got the shoulder shuffle, I call it. She just does this. That's her only dance move. But I like it. As her husband, I think everything she does is amazing and, and attractive. So don't be asking her to dance. That's for my eyes only. David, he was filled with gratitude for everything that God had done for him. God had brought great victory and shown great mercy to his people. David was overjoyed by the victory God had delivered. And so he worships God by dancing with all his might. I believe what God is looking for, as Jesus said, is for true worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. That means worshiping God with freedom, and with sincere joy that comes from your heart. And yet, what bothers me is that many Christians let insecurity and misunderstanding and traditionalism and even what other people think to stop them from worshiping God the way that they were created to do, the way that you were designed to do. And here's the thing. When you're the king, you do whatever you want. Amen? Amen. I mean, being the king has to have some benefits. And so if you're the king, you can dance. The king, the royalty, they set the trends. Royalty establishes style. They shape the culture. And once you understand that God has made you royalty through Jesus, that you are adopted into his family and co-heirs with Christ, you have every reason and you should have all the confidence in the world to worship God with everything that you are. And so you think about everything that God has done for us through Jesus. Aren't you grateful for it? And here's the first thing I want to highlight to you if you're taking notes. A victorious Savior deserves passionate worship. A victorious Savior deserves passionate worship. Can anybody argue with that? And yet, why when I go to churches, when I see churches online, when I watch other churches worshiping God, are brothers and sisters in Christ, people whom I love and whom God loves, I'm not judging them, I'm just asking a question, why are so many of them prone to stand around in church services like they're at a funeral? Last time I checked, the tomb is empty, right? Last time I checked, the word of God. It says that Jesus rose again on the third day. So this is not a funeral gathering. It is a celebration of what God has done for us through Jesus. Do you agree with that? Come on, can we give God praise for five seconds? If we're grateful for what he's done. So... There are some mistakes that people make as Christians uh, sometimes. One mistake would be to let yourself become too emotional and let your emotions control your relationship with God. That is a, a potential mistake that some people make. Uh, if your emotions control your relationship with God, well then your whole life is going to feel like a roller coaster, won't it? And on good days you're going to feel close to God and on bad days you're going to feel far from God. But that's, that's not the reality and that's not the way God wants us to live our lives. He doesn't want our emotions to control us. Yeah. Amen. Another mistake is that people allow themselves to live emotionally detached from God. And that's even Christians. They can become emotionally detached from what the Lord is doing. And yet God, he gave us emotions. And theologians through uh, scripture uh, highlight for us that our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions, our heart. And we kind of can draw this from Luke chapter 10, verse 27, when Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And with all your mind. So theologians read this and really in this verse you see the formula what your soul is made up of. It says, with all your soul, which is your heart, the seat of your emotions, your strength, that's your will, and your mind, that's, that's your thoughts. And so I need you to understand that passion is not just an emotion. It is the expression of emotion. It's not just reaction, but it's action. So when you become a Christian, you're not supposed to leave your thoughts and your logic behind. As you follow Jesus, you want to follow him with your emotions, but also with your mind, with your reasoning. And so maybe if you struggle with this issue and you sometimes don't really feel like worshiping God and maybe you're sitting here right now, you're like, but I don't feel anything. Listen, you don't need a feeling when you have a reason. You don't need a feeling when you know what God has done for you. And so whether or not I feel like worshiping God, he's victorious, he has saved me, and he deserves my worship. It says in the passage that we read that David worshiped the Lord. He danced before the Lord, not with all his heart, but with all of his strength. With all of his strength, he chose to dance before the Lord. And see, I think as Christians, we have to choose to worship often. Sometimes you're going to feel like it. You're going to feel overwhelmed with emotion. It's going to be so easy. You're like, I will always love you, Jesus. And other times, other times you're going to struggle. But think about that passage that Jesus said, that we should love the Lord with all of our heart and soul and strength and mind. I'm so confused, though, because oftentimes I look around and I see people in church, especially men, during worship service like this. It's like, what are you doing right now, bro? I'm loving God with all my heart and soul and strength and minds. It's like, really? That is a dude who does not have a lot of sex. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Because I'm just saying, if you express love to your wife the way that you're expressing love to God, it's not going to go very well for you. You got to do better than that. You got to say, and I'll make love to you when you want me to. Right? Like you got to do it like that. And what if Boyce, Boyce to Men didn't say, I'll make love to you when you want me to. That's not the way it works. Learn to express your passion. So one of our values for our team members and for our church is to show our passion, show our passion. It's not manufacturing emotions. It's not faking it. But I know that in your heart as a believer, you're grateful for what Jesus has done for you. So let that out. Be free. Allow that to come out of you. It is unnatural to stifle your thankfulness. It is unnatural to stifle gratitude. I've been watching this show on Amazon Prime about soccer players. That's how much I miss football. I'm watching European football pray for me. And I'm just watching all these fans in the crowd losing their minds. And then I think people are designed to worship. They're designed to sing and to clap and to cheer and to raise their hands and to celebrate. And somehow in Christianity, it became the tradition to not worship. We have music, but oftentimes we don't worship. And so We want to love the Lord with all of our heart, but with all of our soul, our strength and mind and everything that we are. Here's how it's expressed. I think passion is an important part of living our lives for God, demonstrating the way that we think about him and feel about him. So I just like to teach on this sometimes and explain what that means. How is it expressed? How do you express passion for God? Well, one way. Is we see David, he danced. He danced before the Lord. So you know, you might just kind of feel the little dance coming on. You might dance a little bit before the Lord. You might you might get a little groove on, okay? Now I, I want to caution you that you don't want to be a distraction, right? You know, I remember one time not that long ago, there was a brother who was sitting in the front row of, of this church right here, and, and he was like pop locking and dropping it during <laughs> worship. And like I can't even replicate that, but I was like, dude, I love you, but I'm watching people watch you. <laughs> you know, they're like, wow he's good, you know, and we want to be thinking about how God is good right now. So don't go ballerina dancing down the aisle. Okay, you can do that at home. But hey, get your dance on. I think it's weird that we go to weddings and we dance when the food's not even good. We go to concerts and we dance when the music's not even good. So why would we come to church and not move a little bit when God is only good? Yeah. Oh, you're going to like this next one. Another way that we express passion is with shouts of joy. Yes. It said in 2 Samuel, the people brought the ark of the Lord to Jerusalem with shouts of joy. They were joyful because God had given them victory. They were joyful because of his mercy and what he had done for them. I know that you have joy in your heart because Jesus is alive. And so you're forgiven and you're alive. We are part of God's family. We have every reason to shout with joy. Sometimes you just got to, woo, you got to, yeah, yeah. And some things that Christians have been saying for hundreds of years, things like amen, that comes from a Hebrew word that means true or so be it. Or there's words like hallelujah, that's something that Christians have been saying for hundreds of years, hallelujah. You're like, what is hallelujah? It's also from a Hebrew word, and it means praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if you feel joy welling up in your soul for what God has done for you or you you know you're joyful in your mind because you remember what God has done for you, it's all right to just shout out with joy. Another way we express passion is through instruments. And in this passage, they played instruments, and we've read about David's story for multiple weeks, and we know that he was a musician. So when the drums start going, right, let the rhythm of those drums change the rhythm of your heart. Let the electric guitar soar through your soul, right? And as you listen to music, know that that's not hype. That's not a manufactured thing that only is based on the culture of today, but it's a biblical act of expressing passion to God. There's a reason that we respond to music. God made us to respond to music. And so I love that. I love singing along. Another way we express passion is by clapping our hands. You know, come on. Come on, you can clap your hands. It's good. God claps in the Bible. People clap their hands in the Bible, and that's a normal way to express passion. Another way you'll see people expressing passion is raising their hands, okay? So maybe you've been confused about that. Why are people in church raising their hands, and you think if you raise your hand, the pastor's gonna call on you for a question? That's not why. Biblically, there is biblical precedence for raising our hands. In fact, there are dozens and dozens of Scripture verses, but here's a couple. Psalm 63, verse 3. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I'm going to sing your praise. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Victory. In his name, I'm going to lift up my hands. Psalm 28, verse 2. Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help as I lift up my hands toward your most holy place. It's normal just to lift up your hands to the throne room of God and say, I'm crying out for help. I need your touch in my life. It's almost like you're saying, God, no, notice me here. I am calling out for you. I am I'm asking for you to do it again in my life. I need you, Lord. That is biblical. Uh, it's not weird. It's not weird to lift your hands. Nobody thinks it's weird for Italians to talk with their hands. Right. Right, I have an Italian last name, Visconti, so nobody thinks it's weird if you talk with, with your hands, right? It's like, Come on, what's the matter with you? Like, that's normal. And Christians were made to worship with their hands. Amen. Psalm 134, verse 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. It says it right there, clear as day in the, in the word of God. Lift up your hands in this. When I come to the sanctuary, I'm ready to lift up my hands and praise the Lord. I love what it says in Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your hearts, right? Come into his courts with praise. You know what that means? It means when you come into church every single weekend, you need to bring your praise with you. You don't need to be waiting around for a worship leader to get you all revved up. You know, like, well, three or four songs into it. Then when he gets my motor going, I'll be ready. No, it says enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. You come with it already inside of you because you are living it day to day. You don't come to church to watch worship teams uh, do music. You come to participate in praise and worship. So I need you to bring your praise with you, church, whenever you come. I need you to bring it with you. Stop waiting for someone to give you permission and bring praise with you. Lamentations 341, let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. I love Pastor Aaron, our worship pastor says, when we lift our hands, we lift our hearts. It's biblical. It's not just catchy, but it's biblical. It's a way of saying, God, I'm focusing on you. Just by raising my hands right now, nothing magical is happening, but as I sing, this is helping me to focus on you. It's helping me to be in this moment, not thinking about my shopping list or my kids' D in math, but I'm just thinking about you, God, and I'm worshiping you, right? And so I love to express passion. I love I love seeing our church express passion. It's so good for us, you know, and, and I can't deny that this is a point Of passion for me. It's something that I sometimes get frustrated about. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think about, like, you know, the number one single in the history of Christian music is the song by Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine. Yeah, a lot of, about once a year, still, someone will ask me, hey, Pastor, can we sing I Can Only Imagine? I'm like, no, no, we can't. But hey, it's a great song. A lot of people love that song. It's a good song. There's nothing wrong with it. But I just, I can't help but get a little frustrated. As I I think about this, right? The number one song that everyone loves. I can only imagine when I see your face, right? Am I going to dance before you, Jesus? Yes. Will my knees, will I fall? Right? Will I sing hallelujah? And then the same people come to church on Sunday. Well, I don't mind singing about the future when I see Jesus, and then I'll dance before him. And work. See, last time I checked scripture, it says, when two or three gather in my name, there I am among them. You don't have to wait and imagine what it's going to be like to worship God in his presence. You are in his presence. Come on. We can worship him here and now. He is here among us. You don't have to wait. Jesus said, you see and believe. Blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. I believe he's here, even if I don't see him, because he said he's here. I'm going to worship him now. I'm going to dance before him now. I'm going to sing his praise today, not when I'm in heaven, also when I'm in heaven, but today. I'll move on now. Here's the next thing. Worship blesses God others, and your own home. And this is truth that we see in this passage of Scripture. Verse 17 said, David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. Uh, giving is an act of worship, and these offerings were an act of, of worship. And so David was worshiping God and blessing God. I love Psalm says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. You know you can actually bless God with your praise and worship? Isn't that cool that God who's done so much for you, God who's done so much for all of us, we can bless him. When we sing his praise, he's in heaven like, oh, that's good. Isn't that cool that you get to do that? I love that. Verse 18 of 2 Samuel, the passage we read, says that he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. He blessed the people in the name. This was a big worship gathering that was happening as this Ark of the Covenant came back to the city of Jerusalem. David blessed the Lord with his offerings and sacrifice, and he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. You know that when you worship God, it blesses people. It blesses the people that are part of our our church family. When you worship God, it's a blessing to your neighbor because you're encouraging them in their faith That's why it is so important to come into the house of the Lord, to gather together with God's people when we have the opportunity and the health to come. I know it's hot outside, but it's worth coming into God's presence, right? We don't even have to deal with snow in Arizona so we can brave the heat. We got to be here with each other because when we come together, you bring the heat with you, right? And your fire stirs up the fire in my soul. And when I'm struggling in my faith, I can look at your worship and go, oh yeah, God is real and He is living, and He is active, and my brothers and sisters are feeling it right now. That encourages me even when I'm not feeling it. It encourages me. It blesses me. As a pastor, I'll tell you what, when you worship God, nothing blesses me more than that. I'm grateful for the thank you cards, but your worship is better than a 100 thank you cards. When I look around our church and see our people, God's people praising and worshiping God, I just feel like you're doing it, Jesus. (laughs) It's worth it all. I love it. I love it. It's a blessing. And in verse 20, it says, David returned home to bless his own family. And your worship, your praise for God is a blessing to your own household and your family. Let your spouse see you worship God. Men, Men, historically, we get out-worshipped by the ladies. I think it's time for that to change. Yes. David danced before the Lord with all his might. And we've got some mighty men in this church who need to rise up and worship God with all their might. It's not strong and silent type. It's strong and mighty, passionate, worshiping type. That's what I want for us. We need to be, le- it's about being the leader, men. It's about being a leader of your family. Let your family see you read your Bible. Let your family see you pray, right? Let your family see you worship God. Your kids should learn how to worship from you, not the kids' ministry. You should be able to demonstrate for them what passionate and free worship looks like that comes out of a sincere, authentic heart for God. I guarantee that as you learn to praise and worship the name of the Lord, God's going to do something in your heart, and you're going to carry that home, and it's going to bless your own household. It will bless your own home. It's a blessing. I'm grateful for the men of this church who do worship, but men, ladies, come on. Rise up. Bless the Lord with your praise. Bless each other and bless your own home. Here's the next thing if you're taking notes. Don't discourage another person's passion. Never do that. Mikhail, or in Hebrew, the way you pronounce her name is Mikhail, but that doesn't sound pretty. She showed disdain for David's expression of passion. That's what we we read about, that... She had contempt in her heart for him. She judged his passion and condemned it. I remember when I was dating this one girl uh, when I was coming out of high school, and she was one of those people that was just, like, too cool for school, you know? Like, it it was weird to her to become excited about anything, and she just kind of would, like, roll her eyes at you, like, what are you so excited about? Like, it did not work out with her. No, it did not. And I just don't like people who are always looking to rain on someone else's parade. That's just my confession, okay? I'm trying to grow in that area and be more loving and merciful. But, like, I just don't like it when little kids are excited about something and other little kids come along and bully them and make fun of them. Like, Paw Patrol's for babies. Like, just let the little kid like Paw Patrol. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he likes it, let him like it. He's going to grow up eventually too fast. Let him enjoy it. Never discourage another person's passion. Verse 16 said, when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Verse 20 says, she said in disgust, disgust for her own husband. How distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself. Sarcasm much? I think I sense it. She said, he's so undignified he looks so undignified right now. I can't think of another example in Scripture of someone raining on someone's parade quite like this. And the Bible says they went on, they never had kids after this moment. And I think the implication is because their relationship was ruined by resentment. And so David chose not to ever be with her again. And I just want to encourage the ladies in our church, never discourage your husband or belittle them or undermine him and disrespect him. Just don't do it. You can build him up with your words, build him up with your encouragement. Don't be that that wife who's uh, criticizing your husband. He's a big goober. Oh, he's just a goofball. Oh, he's just so silly. Oh, what are you doing right now? Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Resentment ruins relationship and criticism breeds resentment. Don't be that person uh, the person who wants to rain on other people's parade and don't be the person who comes to church and looks around at other Christians right. and judges them saying well what is he so excited about I don't know like forgiveness hope yeah. <laughs> salvation Amen. eternal life Amen. maybe that's what he's so excited about there should be order in church yeah. that's what it says in Corinthians it should be order it shouldn't be crazy up in here like a zoo but if you're looking down on someone else's passion, it's not their problem. It's your problem. You're the one with the problem. And here's the next point, And this is kind of the flip side of this. Don't let anyone discourage your passion. Don't let anyone discourage your passion. Like, like the song said, this little light of mine, right? Don't let Satan it out. Right? I love that. Like, Don't let anyone discourage your passion and blow your light out. Or or, or let what other people think stop you from worshiping God the way that you were designed. In verse 21, David retorted to Michal, I was dancing before the Lord, ready for some smack talk, who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord, yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish." Than this His wife was saying think about your position and what you're doing because he had taken off his royal robes the Bible says he was dancing before God in his just regular uh, undergarments and linen clothing the way a commoner would wear those type of garments. that's what he was doing and, and she was criticizing him for that think about your position and, and he retorted to her he responded he responded to her criticism and he said, you must be confused if you think I care about what you think. I'm dancing before the Lord. I am worshiping before the Lord because he chose me. We've got to get better at this church. We've got to stop worrying about what other people think. Who cares what other people think? Right? We got to we got to stop waiting for permission to give God praise. Like some of you it's already in your heart and you'll go to give God praise, but then you're like looking around to see if other people are with you. You'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's Oh, are we not clapping right now?" Woo! Preach that. Oh, oh that, sorry. <laughs> like, no, be a leader. Lead with your passion. Don't care about what other people think. Who cares? We're not doing this for other people. We're doing it for God. We're doing it for the Lord. No more golf claps in church, right? Like, oh, that's good. Oh, oh, let's be quiet now. No, 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 no with passion. We want to worship with passion. Step out in boldness. You don't need to see if other people will go with you. You lead the way. You lead the weaker brother into worshiping with passion. Worship is for God. Who cares what other people think? David's wife wanted him to think about his status. Think about your status. You're acting like a commoner. And David, he, he, he said something so powerful. He said, I'm worshiping the Lord who chose me and appointed me as the king. Think about my position. I am thinking about my position. I'm worshiping God because he took me from being a common shepherd boy and anointed me as the king of his people. If I can't worship him for that, what am I going to worship him for? And, And church, wait, are we seeing the connection? It's the same for us. How can we not worship God and care about our dignity and our status? We're worshiping the God who chose us and changed our status. We should worship with passion. I was chosen by God when I didn't have a shred of dignity left. And he appointed me. He appointed me as his child, his son. You were chosen when you were a broken vessel to be used by God. That's why I cry sometimes in worship. I'm a broken vessel. and Broken vessels leak a little bit. And that's good. I want to leak. I want to leak God's love. I want to leak passion for people and for the Lord. And let the Holy Spirit keep filling me up as I leak. I want to, you have to let God break you. Some of you have already been broken, and you're the ones who worship the most passionately. Those who have been broken always worship the most passionately because they know the goodness of God. And if you have not experienced tragedy or heartbreak in your life, ask God to break you. Ask Him to break you for Him. God uses the broken, He chooses to use worship. In fact, I'll say this your level of worship determines the ability of God to use you because God wants to use worshipers knowing that they. They will give him the glory when he works through them. So say I want to be used by God. I want to be a chosen by God to be his vessel. And so I'm gonna pour out myself in praise and worship for him. I'm not gonna wait for other people. I'm not gonna ask for permission. You've been given permission. From this day forward, you have permission. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's stand to our feet at this time. Our God is so good, and I want to challenge us, church. I want to challenge us to enter into a new level of worship in our hearts. I want us to come before him boldly, with passion, and with might. I'm going to open up the front of the room if you want to come forward and worship up here. Uh, At the front, I'm inviting you to do that. Sometimes it's good to step out of your seat and go into a new place. A change of place often brings a change of perspective. So if you want to come forward at this time, feel free to move right now. We're going to go into a time of worship. So let's just open our hearts as the worship team comes and begins to lead us. It's now. This is the day for us. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus.